0: The impeachment inquiry into President Trump continues. Here are some news developments to keep you up to speed. Monday, Charles Kupperman, who was the deputy national security adviser to John Bolton, did not show up to testify on Capitol Hill. He did this despite a congressional subpoena and a warning from Democrats that a failure to appear could result in a contempt citation. Last week, Kupperman filed a lawsuit asking a federal judge to resolve conflicting orders from Congress and the White House. The White House had instructed him not to appear. The case could become a major test of a constitutional dispute between the Trump administration and Congress. Tuesday, House investigators heard testimony for the first time from a White House official who listened in on the controversial Trump call at the heart of the Ukraine controversy. Lt. Col. Alexander Vidman, a top Ukraine expert on the National Security Council, testified that he was so concerned by the call that he reported it to the NSC's lead counsel. Vindman also said that the president's request could be seen as a, quote, partisan play that could undermine U.S. national security. Plus, on Wednesday, two career diplomats arrived at the House to testify before impeachment investigators. That testimony is expected to detail U.S. officials' efforts to support Ukraine, only to be batted down by the White House. Meanwhile, as officials testified, lawmakers on the Hill reacted to news that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced plans for a vote. No, not a vote on the articles of impeachment, but Pelosi did announce Monday that the House will plan a vote on a resolution formalizing the impeachment probe's rules and procedures for its next phase. For weeks, Trump and Republicans have claimed the inquiry is illegitimate and criticized the process. But now that there's plans for a vote, Republicans claim vindication, arguing that the planned vote underscores the idea that the process thus far has been flawed. Tuesday afternoon, Democrats released the resolution, or the set of procedures and rules that the House members would be asked to vote on. Among the rules that they're proposing, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff could authorize longer periods to question public witnesses. And minority members, or Republicans, could make their own requests for documents and testimony subject to the committee's approval. On Wednesday, though, the House Rules Committee will debate the resolution and can potentially amend the measures. So, now that we've seen the resolution, what does a vote on this resolution actually mean for Democrats, for Republicans, and for President Trump? Is a vote required to begin an impeachment inquiry? What will change for the inquiry if a set of procedures and rules passes the House? This is Can He Do That, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency and what happens when branches of government collide. I'm Allison Michaels. answer my questions around the resolution and the vote, I managed to catch The Post's Congress reporter, Mike DeBonis, in the basement of the Capitol. I asked Mike to start by explaining the general purpose of the resolution. What is this document?
1: So this uh, resolution is meant to sort of set the stage for the next phase of the impeachment investigation. It's basically meant to take this from an inquiry that's being conducted almost entirely behind closed doors to one that is conducted in front of cameras, in front of the public, where there's going to be a lot more transparency and public scrutiny of uh, how this is going to proceed. Uh, and it also talks about what's probably going to be the final phase in the House, which is it going to the House Judiciary Committee. There are actually being articles of impeachment written and uh, setting up the final act, which would be a, a vote of the House of Representatives.
0: So this is the resolution that the House is scheduled to vote on on Thursday. Essentially, the, the document that the, the members will read and decide, yes, I approve of these ground rules and procedures for how the impeachment inquiry can proceed or no, I do not support these rules.
1: Right, it's almost certainly going to be a binary choice. It's it's unlikely there's going to be any four amendments or anything that where members are going to be able to shape this. Um, well, that was my question. Can yeah. this
0: document change between now and Thursday?
1: Um, it could. The House Rules Committee is going to meet on Wednesday, and they could amend it. I don't have not heard that that's likely, but it could happen. Republicans are certainly going to be railing against this. They're, I'm sure they will propose amendments. But uh, Democrats control this process, and the House the majority rules, and Democrats have the majority, and it's going to be basically their way or the highway.
0: All right, let's talk through some of the specific details in the resolution. We haven't seen public hearings in the House inquiry yet, but the resolution outlines how those hearings might work should they begin. What does the resolution say about future public hearings?
1: So the biggest difference for the House is probably going to be just the format of the questioning. I mean, anybody who's watched a congressional hearing probably knows there's a bunch of members sitting at a dais and they all take turns and they all get like five minutes to ask their questions. That's not what Democrats are envisioning here. What they are proposing is that the House Intelligence Committee would take the lead here and that the chairman and the ranking Republican on the committee, Adam Schiff and Devin Nunes, would be able to conduct extended questioning of these public witnesses up to 45 minutes at a time. And those members could designate staff members to do the questioning for them. That's a pretty big change from the usual practice in the House, which is where the members do all the questioning and they get a very limited amount of time to ask their questions.
0: Does the resolution then grant Republicans more power than they have now in this process?
1: In terms of the questioning, no. Currently, they, they can ask as many questions as they want in these closed-door depositions. They, they, you know, there's equal time. Where they do have slightly more power is that it specifically gives them the right to at least request additional witnesses or request additional requests for documents. There's a catch, though, which is that it needs to be done in consultation with the majority. And if Schiff objects, it goes to a vote of the full committee. So let's say that Devin Nunes decides that, well, what, who the person we really want to hear from is Joe Biden or Hunter Biden, because he's a crucial figure as far as we're concerned in this Ukrainian business. While Adam Schiff would be likely to say, no, this is a, a sideshow, a distraction from President Trump's behavior, we don't want to allow it. And what would likely happen is that uh, Schiff would object, it would go to a vote of the full committee, and the, the committee, which is uh, dominated by Democrats, would reject the subpoena request. So yes, Republicans would have some more rights, but they don't have any sort of absolute rights apart from what Democrats are willing to allow them to do.
0: That process of the minority being able to submit subpoena requests that were subject to committee approval, we've seen that in the past, right? This is similar to how the Clinton impeachment process works? That's
1: right. the, the, the basically mirrors what was in place in 1998 with, with Clinton. The interesting thing is in 1998, it really wasn't exercised because there there weren't a lot of House witnesses in that proceeding. Basically, the entire investigation had been done prior to the case coming to the House by the independent counsel, Ken Starr. So there wasn't a lot of public testimony. Basically, Starr testified, and they moved on to writing, drafting, and approving the Articles of Impeachment.
0: I want to touch on something else you mentioned that's included in the resolution, which is the process by which information will move to the Judiciary Committee. This is the committee that eventually drafts the Articles of Impeachment, correct?
1: That's right. In the past, too, for Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton, it's the Judiciary Committee that wrote the articles of impeachment and uh, reported them to the House for.
0: And so the process that's outlined in this resolution for getting materials to the House Judiciary Committee is that similar to what we've seen in the past? Or were there any surprises in in what's outlined in the resolution of how that process would happen?
1: No, it's, it's pretty bare bones. And it's pretty much in keeping from what with what Democrats have been saying all along, which is that there's these six committees that are doing various investigations of the president. And then at some point, they'll be asked to forward their findings to the Judiciary Committee for the actual process of writing the articles.
0: So what doesn't this resolution include? Specifically, does the resolution address whether or not the White House must comply with subpoenas or other congressional requests?
1: The question of White House cooperation is sort of a separate one that's playing out in court and in other arenas. But there actually is a a bit of a nexus here. The Judiciary Committee uh, on Tuesday night issued a sort of set of superseding rules that's going to apply to impeachment investigations. And it includes things like due process for the president, the right of the president to basically question witnesses, to present or at least suggest the presentation of additional evidence, to suggest the questioning of additional witnesses. Um, but there was a catch that that's embedded in that, which is if the White House continues to stonewall the, and, and refuse to respond to congressional subpoenas in the other committees, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Gerald Nadler, is going to be disinclined to heed any White House requests for additional witnesses. In other words, it's a threat. It's an implicit threat saying, if you want your guys' witnesses to be called, you better co- cooperate with our subpoenas and let our witnesses testify. So there is a bit of a an intersection there. But the whole question of the, the the White House stonewalling is is probably going to be decided in the courts rather than in terms of the rules of the House or this resolution.
0: Just from my understanding, are House Democrats required to vote on the rules or procedures of an impeachment inquiry? Does the Constitution outline how an impeachment inquiry is supposed to begin or or proceed?
1: Uh, there's very little in the Constitution about how to do an impeachment. It basically says the House shall impeach, the Senate shall try on removal. Um, and that's about it. And it's up to each chamber to sort of work out among itself about, about how to do that. Now, there are standing rules in place that are already adopted that at least so far, have been adapted to apply to this situation. That's that's what's happened so far. They've just used the existing rules and sort of jerry-rigged this impeachment using those. Um, but there have been in the in the Clinton impeachment special rules, special procedures established by the House through resolutions like this. Um, and the same thing in the Senate. The Nixon impeachment, of course, never got to the Senate. In the Clinton impeachment, there was a uh, a, a, a bipartisan agreement on how the trial and how the, the, the rules of that process would play out. And that's remains in place today and, and is likely to be the, the um, bedrock of whatever happens uh, going forward in the Senate. At least in the Clinton impeachment, you had a, a, almost – before the any sort of action happened on impeachment you did have a house vote referring this to the judiciary committee and sort of setting out some rules of the road in the nixon impeachment it's a lot the the precedent's a lot muddier because not only was the house judiciary committee looking at impeachment before the house ever voted on authorizing that you had the senate watergate committee which was operating for basically a year calling witnesses um, in 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 basically delving into this investigation pursuant to a Senate vote. Um so you know the these things, I think the lesson now is now, now that we've had sort of, you know, basically three impeachments in the modern era, you know, the lesson is is that it it really is a very ad hoc process. It gets sort of um, melded to the to the political circumstances of the moment. Um, and you know the the like I said, the Constitution doesn't say a lot about this. There's nothing in federal law. The the rules, the standing rules of the House and the Senate are pretty bare bones on this. So there's a lot of uh, uh, you know wiggle room, particularly in the House, for the majority to to run this thing the way they say they see fit. And the only real sort of guardrails on that are sort of what's politically viable. You know, what is going, what can you do and not sort of alienate the public uh, and have them question why you're doing it this way?
0: Right. And Republicans have zeroed in on that wiggle room, essentially saying that the process that's been taking place in Congress was a legitimate, without a formal vote on procedures. So now that Congress is likely to take this formal vote, what do you expect to hear from Republicans? Well
1: they still don't like the process. they're not going to abandon uh this this crusade against this process and calling it basically a, a railroading of the president um Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican leader, said yesterday that this this whole investigation is already fruit of the poison tree, you know, to use sort of a legal term of art that you know if if this thing started irregularly, you can't now just take a vote and make it all better. Um, they're basically saying, if you want to do this, you got to start from scratch. But, you know, there's no indication that, that Democrats are going to heed any of that criticism. I think that basically they've decided that they want to, they're going to, to the best of their ability at this point, follow the relevant precedents from the Clinton and Nixon impeachments. They're going to give Republicans as much or more due process as the minority got in those scenarios, but they're not going to go out of their way to sort of um, heed, you know, pay attention to Republican criticism.
0: What about the White House's response to the Democrats voting, planning to vote on a resolution? Will they change their willingness to cooperate with the probe based on this vote?
1: Uh, we've seen no evidence of that. Uh, the White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham put out a statement yesterday, um basically hewing to that same line that, you know, th- this investigation is already sort of fatally tainted and nothing, no vote at this point is going to redeem it.
0: But does the drafting of the resolution and, and the plan vote reflect some sort of recognition on the part of the Democrats that these procedural rules are necessary for the legitimacy of the inquiry?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that, that something along these lines was going to happen sooner or later, but um, you You did need to set out at some point what the what the procedures were going to be. I think there was a recognition pretty early on that the standing rules of the committees wasn't um, necessarily appropriate for this type of proceeding. So uh, you know they're they're definitely reacting to some of that that criticism, but they're also just sort of acknowledging that this is a special process that is going to require some special rules
0: what does nancy pelosi hope she'll gain by holding this vote
1: well that is, that's an interesting question because i the the fact that we're doing this now i think did is mystifying some people because you you know just a couple weeks ago pelosi was pretty forthright in in saying that we don't need to take a vote um I think a couple of things changed. I think, number one, they got a, f- a favorable court ruling from a federal judge in D.C. saying the House is clearly in an impeachment inquiry. The Republican arguments that the House needed to take a vote to launch it were, were you know, spurious. Um, they also, I think, have been realizing that, you know, Republicans have just been hammering them on these process complaints. And they're going into a week-long Veterans Day recess. I think that there may have been some desire to at least arm lawmakers with, you know, an argument saying, listen, we, we've set out um, some due process. We've set out fair procedures for the president. We're not just, you know, on a witch hunt against the president. Um, and I think, you know, th- this is sort of an inflection point. They, you know, they've had... Almost a month now of these closed-door depositions, they realize they need to start to to pivot this into the public. And I think that the fact that you're coming to the end of this this work period where, you know, you're preparing to go home for a week, I think it, it just made sense. Uh, for Pelosi and the leadership to take this vote now and then come back and say we're in a new phase now.
0: Is this vote a sure thing? Is she is, Will it definitely happen? And does Pelosi have enough votes to pass it?
1: No, you know, nothing in Congress is a sure thing. But um, Nancy Pelosi, uh, if nothing else, knows how to count votes. I don't think that there's any, if they put this on the floor, I don't think there's any doubt that it's going to pass. there's We've heard from one Democrat now who's, Sort of suggesting he's not going to vote for it, um, there's maybe a half dozen others who conceivably could could vote now, but you know Democrats have a you know thirty seat cushion here um, they're they're not in danger of losing this vote.
0: Will it be considered a proxy vote for how members might vote later on in an actual impeachment vote?
1: Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, the Democratic leadership, will, are going; they're going to great pains to say this is not a vote on impeachment. But, you know, make no mistake, like there's huge political um, implications here for the members who are taking this vote. Like this is going to be messaged in their campaigns as a, a vote on this this whole process. And it's not just a vote on procedures. Nobody's going to look at this and say, oh, you're just – talking about procedures. This is going to be interpreted as, do you support this process of trying to hold the president accountable? And you know, like, there's no doubt that's how, how this is going to be interpreted. And if you're going to take that yes vote here, you are sort of like, it's sort of an in for a dime, in for a dollar scenario. What's the point of voting yes on this? And then knowing what we know now about what's been revealed in these, in this investigation, you know what distinction are you going to make that we should continue this but not actually bring it to its conclusion and impeach the president it's kind of hard to see where any democrat would sort of vote no on this but yes on the right. the final impeachment or vice versa
0: all right so last question to you mike practically speaking as we look at this week when the house votes on thursday what immediate changes should we expect to see to the dynamics on the hill after this resolution passes
1: I mean, we're just going to get into a more serious, more even more potentially acrimonious phase of this. I think you're going to it's going to cause Republicans to even step up their protest tactics even further. Um, I think you're going to start to see going into next month these public hearings and a lot uh, more uh, rhetoric uh, escalating and you know i think that this is really setting this investigation on a, on a pretty clear glide path towards a impeachment vote later this year and um we you know nobody's committing to a particular timeline but this is basically laying out this process and saying you know we're we're doing this and, you know, there's not going to be any going back. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how exactly Republicans respond to that. Do they start engaging more with the substance of these allegations and the testimony that we've seen come out of the, um, out of the, the secure facility uh, in the House? Or are they going to continue hammering on the process?
0: All right, Mike, we will stay tuned to your reporting. Thanks so much. My pleasure. This has been another episode of Can He Do That? If you want to get more news about the impeachment inquiry, you can now subscribe to a new podcast feed from The Washington Post. All of our audio updates on the inquiry in one place, including the latest from Can He Do That? Post reports and The Daily 202's Big Idea, updated whenever news happens. Subscribe at WashingtonPost.com podcasts. Can You Do That? is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the exuberant Carol Alderman with design help from Kat Rudell Brooks, logo art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon.